my source confirms it. It's like, okay, is your source just the original tweet? In there, and he, he goes, my wife threw this in here because it's dirty. And he puts it in quotes. He goes, I had to tell her that's my no-hitter jersey from this year. And welcome to Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 37, where we're waiting to see what the Electoral College does with the Cy Young votes. I'm your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined this week by Josh Housem. Hey, Josh. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Surprise, we're a week early. <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we promised in two weeks, uh, but you know, you, you got to overpromise and underdeliver. No. That something like that. <laughs> that seems backwards. It does seem backwards. So we're here because things happened. We didn't think things were necessarily going to happen, and things happened. So we're going to talk about Kendris Morales, Lourdes Goriel, uh, Lords, Lourdes. What do you prefer? Lourdes. Yeah, you got it right the first time. Um, uh, Brett Cecil, the qualifying offer process. Some unfortunate news about Jerry Howarth. If you haven't heard, uh, there was a Cy Young vote in both leagues this week, and we have some questions from our public which we always appreciate. So with no further ado, the Jays, although it has not been officially confirmed yet, have signed a designated hitter. Tell us a little something about Kendris Morales. Oh, I think the first thing is you summed it up, that that's the only position he can play. The Jays haven't had a true like DH-only guy in, I don't know, when was the last time? Jose Canseco? <laughs> oh, no, Frank Thomas. But, uh, yeah, he's he has no defensive value whatsoever, but he can hit. Like, you know, he hit 30 bombs last year, and the year before that he hit 22, but he had 40 doubles, switch hitter. Uh, you know, he's, he doesn't strike out a ton for, for, you know, a power guy, and he's moving for the first time in his career to a hitter's park. So I, I think he's, you know, like the contract might be long, three years, 33 million, but I think he's a good pickup. I do too. I, I thought he was older than 33, to be perfectly honest. I don't know why. He's I just been that. around for a long time. Yeah, he debuted in 2006. Um, and the only, other than knowing he's, he's a decent power threat in a DH, the only fun fact I know about Kendris Morales is he probably has the most subdued, uh, home run celebration in all of baseball now. Yeah, I think he earned that one. <laughs> because if, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but many, many years ago, he hit a walk-off, I believe it was a walk-off grand slam. It was, yes. And he broke his ankle jumping on home plate and missed pretty much the entire well he did miss the entire 2011 season and was not very good in in uh in 2012 to, to, compared to what he had been so yeah crazy stuff so i can't imagine he does a lot of the the really over the top things like it's the only fun fact i remember about him um poor guy well hopefully yeah. he can change that now that he's gonna be wearing blue jays uniform so he has um, played for a whole bunch of teams. That is, uh, you're certainly right that, and he and he never has had the advantage of a hitter's park. He's played for the Angels, the Mariners, the Twins, and the Royals. So he's been around, and of course, uh, yeah, his DH pedigree shows there, as he has never played in the National League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he used to be able to. It's funny because like he actually played the outfield a little bit. It's like uh, I don't think so. <laughs> um, well, um, apparently that was one knock on him after the ankle injury was he was before he wasn't very mobile. And now he's immobile. Yeah, like on the 2080 scale, he's a 20 runner. He he has no speed whatsoever. He's not doesn't have even good base running instinct. So he basically needs to hit home runs to have any value. But you know, like I, so Statcast has this fun thing where you can 
overlay different parks with the batted balls from a player's season the year before. Mm-hmm. I did that with Roger Center and uh, and Morales, and 38 balls would have been home runs at the Roger Center that he hit. And in Fenway Park, it was 41. <laughs> Which is a, yeah, obviously Fenway's total band box. Uh, also interesting is Morales does continue to hit the ball hard, even though he has not had, um, uh, you know, great results. Last year he was, what was it? He was bad against right uh, lefties, and historically he's been worse against righties. Um, well, actually, historically he's got completely neutral splits. But it's what last year he was bad against righties, and the year before he was not as good against lefties. So I don't know if you put much stock in that, but he continues to hit the ball harder than the league average hitter pretty much every week all season for the past two years. He's got a couple little dips, but but he, he is a hitter uh, in the purest sense of the word. So sadly, $11 million a year is not actually that much anymore in baseball. No, I mean, I think, I, well, the crowdsourcing basically gave him that, you know, $10, $11 million a year. I think that people might have been a bit surprised at the third year just because, you know, he is going to be 34 and he is a DH only guy. But, you know, the Jays needed to get that done right away so they could you know move on to the rest of their offseason, which obviously this affects the Encarnacion situation. Sounds like they made a real strong push for him, offered him, according to Shai Davidi, four years, 80 million. And then when he said no, they're like, OK, plan B. Yeah, I mean, it shows uh, we're sort of skipping ahead to the, the qualifying offer, but it does show Encarnacion that, A, you were serious about your offer, and, B, you're serious about that probably being your final offer. So Yeah, so it'll be really interesting to see where he ends up in terms of not just location, but what his contract numbers are like, because, you know, 40, 40 years, 80 million is not bad. No, no. For And, again, once we're, we're back to the first base DH designation with, with very, very little defensive value. Um, and I... I I think teams I, I would think be okay with him as an everyday first baseman, just based on what he showed last year. How old is Encarnacion now? I'm just thinking Same by the end Morales, of that. Actually. Yeah, so by the end of that four or five year contract, is he an everyday first baseman? No, but you could play him a DH then. <laughs> but that affects the value, right? That's that's why yeah. five one twenty five is probably out of range because you you probably don't want to pay for the last two years of the contract a, a twenty five million million dollar DH who's in his late thirties. If that, that's what he's going for, right? Everybody, that's the number keeps getting, well, even referenced by his agent, as we mentioned last week on the podcast, was the five one twenty five. I still think that's a stretch. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I, I tend to think that trying to predict four agent contracts is a bit of a fool's game, but uh, it, it does seem like it should be, you know, a slightly unattainable figure. And maybe we will be liars by this time next week. Uh, no, we'll just be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the other signing for the Jays on the, the free agent market was something that I I don't recall the last time they signed a Cuban free agent, but uh, Lourdes Gurriel was a, a 23-year-old who has a very, very good family pre- pedigree in Cuba, as I understand, and you have some stuff from Baseball America on him? Yeah, um, just, hey, Morales is Cuban, too, but I knew what you meant. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe is fresher from Cuba, possibly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Yulieski Gurriel was the ultimate, oh, we wish this guy would defect for the last 10 years, essentially. I mean, he's been a superstar since the first World Baseball Classic, and he finally did at the same time as his brother, Lourdes. Um, you know, he's not, Lourdes does not, have quite the same skill level apparently as his older brother did 
but I mean, according this is from Ben Badler, Baseball America. He can have trouble at times against slow breaking balls, but he has a good strike zone discipline and a patient approach, giving a chance to be a plus hitter with a high OBP. And he has the type of swing that can generate, you know, backspin and make him a twenty homer threat. That sounds like a really good player. And to my understanding, he also has a great amount of defensive versatility. He has played both the infield and the outfield for Cuba. Yeah, he's going to play shortstop for the meantime for the Blue Jays, but a lot of but they seem to think that he's more likely to move to a corner, or you know, he, to the outfield. I, but apparently, he gained a lot of speed in the last couple of years, which means that center field isn't actually out of the question anymore. Now, just quickly, Badler's kind of the high guy on Goriel based on what I'm seeing here. I mean, and the contract that they got him for seven years, twenty-two million, suggests that Badler might be the high guy in the entire industry. That, because twenty-three-year-old star prospect free agents don't go for seven years, twenty-two million dollars. Yeah, but it's it's it is a good gamble in terms of we were just talking about. Eleven million dollars for for a guy who can DH every day is a is not a bad deal. So what? Seven years, twenty two. Is it looks like a good deal, even if he you know he washes out. There have been worse things that the Jays have signed people for, like Dickie Thon Jr. retired this off season. Do you remember Dickie yeah. Thon Jr.? I do. Um, <laughs> I think they gave him what. Two million or something like that. Two and a half. But, uh, or, I think it was two and a half mil. Yeah, as a signing bonus, because yeah. he was a tough yeah, sign. That, yeah, exactly. But uh, when it comes to Goriel, yeah, seven years, twenty-two million to earn that. He basically just has to be a good utility guy, you know, a guy who you can plug around and he won't hit like Ryan Goins. Yeah, and it sounds like he has the skills that he should at least be that. I mean, yeah, he you know, prospects bust all the time, but uh, there's no downside whatsoever to this move. Well, unless you yeah. are, you know, on Twitter saying that they could have bought a mansion for that, which made no sense. I believe that was Jim Bowden. I don't even know if it was on Twitter. It might have, well, it was. It got onto Twitter, but I think it was actually as part of an, an interview. It was he? He was throwing out his opinion that Shapiro would have had a, a better value to have purchased a, a mansion in Toronto rather than spent the money on a player. I'm not even sure how that makes any logical sense. Like he had the choice. Hey, hey he's allowed to do that. Didn't you know that? He can spend the budget <laughs> however he wants. Right, we've got our eye on this prospect, but I'm uh, really looking at this house. Yeah, this is a premature <laughs> do-over because that's... <laughs> what, he's, what was he thinking there? What does it mean? Uh, I, I, I convey he didn't. He thought it was a waste of money. I, I, Keith Law wasn't too high on him either. Or did we? Did we get a weigh in from from Keith? I don't think so. No. Okay. Keith uh, always he, has such strong opinions. Yeah. No, but I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. He's going to go to Double A. It sounds like play shortstop, and you know, if he can hit, if he can play there, then I mean, it helps their prospect depth regardless, right? Yeah, which is, and it's position players and versatile position players where the Jays always seem to be uh, a little thin in the minor leagues. So, you know, one yeah, especially guy the has, upper minors. Yeah. So a guy with some pedigree is better than nobody with no pedigree, in my humble opinion. Yeah. And it's no, his last year in Cuba as a 21 year old, he hit 344 with a 407 on base and a 560 slugging. Now, Cuban numbers are not overly predictable or predictive because you know the pitchers range from throwing 82 miles an hour to 96 doesn't really you don't know from day to day but that's you know that's still good mm, yeah um so we'll move on to the other purported contract offer which is our old friend brett cecil 
Apparently, there's, I like there's a Cecil. Hmm? I like Cecil. Yeah. Well, he is. Uh, him and his his curveball are some of my favorite things to watch <laughs> in Toronto. More his curveball, but you know, I don't have a problem with Brett. Apparently, there is a rumor of a three-year deal on the table for Cecil. Have we heard dollars for that three-year deal yet? No, that hasn't come out. It was Jamie Campbell who first uh, reported that there was an offer. With sources Uh, quoted. Yeah. Does Jamie ever quote sources? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, they're not going to say who, but I I do love the sourcing. My favorite, though, is that when someone reports something, like, you get the the other people calling in, yes, my source confirms it. It's like, okay, is your source just the original tweet? (laughs) (laughs) If your source is Twitter, we don't need to hear about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's Bowden or Ralph. (laughs) Oh, that, okay. Someday we'll have to tell that story for the people who missed it years ago. But, um, yeah. Not today. Not today. (laughs) We'll, We'll go there some other time. Uh, Cecil, if, if that offer is true, I mean, that's kind of a big step, right? I mean, three years for a middle reliever. When's the last time the Jays did something like that? Scott Downs, didn't they? I don't think they gave Downs three years. For some reason, I thought they did. Oh, you could be right. Um, but that was a while ago. That's back in the, the Roy Halladay days. Mm-hmm. He, once, he once pitched here, remember? Um, okay. Qualifying offers is what we alluded to, which obviously, since Edwin is on the open market, he declined the qualifying offer. And as expected, Mr. Franchise Jose Bautista also declined the qualifying offer. Shocking absolutely nobody. Well, apparently it shocked some people. I was seeing people thinking, you know, the the pundits, the writers, maybe they just had things that they needed to write and they were bored. Like, oh, Bautista's market could be falling. He could accept. It's like, no, he won't. Stop trying. Because <laughs> at this there point, there was no chance. Yeah, that. Yeah, just he would even if it ends up being two thirty or three fifty for whatever contract he signs, because he's not going to sign a one year deal, and and someone will offer him more than one year. I can't see that. Isn't it more about the length and the total dollars rather than the? average value for Bautista right now like I don't think his average value is going to go up because he played one year at 17 million dollars and had a monster year because then he'll be 37 yeah exactly I basically the only argument for a qualifying offer could would be that he's he, he was hurt all season is now fully healthy and fully expects to go back to hitting 40 homers a year but I don't think that he could reasonably think that and he'll just take the longest most dollar deal he can get yeah yeah, this is his this is his cash out deal. He's not going to delay it by a year and find out that it's you know, smaller overall. It again, I would take that gamble in a heartbeat, because um, as, as we found out with Dexter Fowler, even if it all doesn't work out, you can probably end back up if if you're willing to sort of swallow your pride at the end of the off season, end up with something really really close to the qualifying offer on a one year deal with somebody if everything else goes wrong. Or Ian Desmond. Yeah. Well, he got half of it. Actually, he got one year, eight million. But, but yeah, I mean, if you really want, you can get it for the most part. That's why it's a weird system. And rumor has it in the the CBA negotiations that the whole qualifying offer thing is just going to go in the toilet. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm seeing. I'm that's just what, seeing that uh, the, the concept of it. Of well, you, the, the the signing team won't lose a pick, but the guy that the team that loses a t- the player, so like the Blue Jays in this case, would still get one. 
And the pick, of course, that you gain is less valuable than than that first round pick, right? Because it's going to be a supplemental pick, I assume, between first and second rounds. So that, that's what it is right now. You don't get the other team's pick. Why did I think you did? You used to under the old arbitration type A, type B system. Which was even dumber than this. Yes, so it was. It <laughs> didn't hurt individual determined players by, as much. Determined by like this archaic formula where somehow set up men would become type A free agents <laughs> and cost teams draft picks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they, they've gotten better, but now the individual players who get hurt obviously get hurt much more because they kind of stand out there in the wilderness not getting contracts, and that looks bad for the game So and bad for the Players Association. So that's probably why that's going to be, like you said, um, done away with on that aspect of it. Yeah, or uh, the, the, you know, that's the rumor. So. so for like the first three years or something, nobody accepted a, quali- a qualifying offer. Just as a note, there were two accepted this year. And now I've forgotten what the second one was. I know one was Neil Walker. And the other one was Jeremy Hellickson. So Walker had a really good first half and a kind of crappy second half, if I recall. No, he got hurt. He got hurt. So, yeah. He was playing really, really well, and then he got injured. So he decided to take the qualifying offer and just go play another healthy season because he's not that old. And in Hellickson's case, he's Jeremy Hellickson. <laughs> And as it turns out, although he uh, qualifies for one, he's he's not really that good. Don't don't tell anybody. <laughs> um. I like the whispering on the podcast. That's a new one for us. Oh, uh, so uh, a slightly more down note before we you know swing back up. Uh, Jerry Howarth was discovered that he has prostate cancer due to an early uh, MRI. So a lot of well wishes to Jerry, obviously from us. Um, I I would truly miss his voice on Toronto radio. So uh, I hope it, you know, I hope it's something that they can treat and uh, that all goes well for Jerry. Yeah, there's not really much to add to that. Obviously, it's no, you you don't wish that on anybody, and you know we like Jerry, so we definitely wouldn't. And you know, we just hope it's speedy. It's good that they apparently caught it early. Prostate yeah. cancer is supposed to be reasonably treatable, so. Best of luck and heal up. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure we'll hear if, if, if he is back right at the be- beginning of the season, I, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more uh, talk about um, all of the issues surrounding, you know, cancer detection and treatment and everything else, which is cool. You know, not the way you want to have it come to light, but um, I think that's important. So he's already said, if you're an older gentleman, make sure you get, uh, get your prostate checked. And that is mm-hmm. our, our happy health moment for artificial turf force this week we hope you enjoyed it <laughs> next week's happy health moment it seems like yet, you need to put in some kind of sound effect there yet to be determined <laughs> <laughs> oh okay we will move on back to baseball practical cy young he was good yeah <laughs> oh you so made the good voting, they, they you? named an award after him did you know that josh oh crazy you know his real first name was denton I did. Denton True Young. Who names their kid True? He's from the 1800s. Come on. <laughs> we, who names their kid Nevea? Well, nobody knows, really. Uh, we've, we've probably buried the lead here. Our, <laughs> our winner in the National League was Max Scherzer. And our winner in the American League was Justin... Ver- oh, no, he wasn't. It was Rick Porcello. <laughs> <laughs> Very smooth. Um, yeah. Yeah, not everybody happy with uh, 
with Rick Porcello, Red Sox. Who, by the way, was he not horrible last year? Weren't we all making fun of Rick Porcello and he had three years left on his contract? Yep. Okay. <laughs> no, it was the same award. What do we know, really, in baseball? What What do we actually we know? know? That Kate Upton's mad. <laughs> ah, that we know. We, and I know Kate Upton is Justin Verlander's boyfriend. I have a feeling. She is what? A girlfriend. Fiance, I think. Fiance now? Is it official? Oh, it so. is. Yes, I saw that on while I was trying to look up her tweets, which uh, are not uh, not exactly family friendly anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so she got the results, uh, and I guess a lot of us wonder about the awards pro- voting process. But she wondered out loud. Would Would you care to give us her words of wisdom on the award the silent award voting results? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was. Uh, this was an interesting one. Uh, she tweeted more after this. Do you have that bleep button ready? <laughs> Oh, yeah, we'll fire it up as we go. Yeah. Hey, at MLB, I thought I was the only person allowed to f- Justin Verlander. <laughs> what? Two writers didn't have him on their ballot? Wow, that was, uh, that was that a was really right good tweet. There. Yeah. That's, it was that, really good. I was not expecting that when I heard she was upset. And then I went and read it. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is cool i give we were going to give her a gold star for that i think um that's probably better than phil kessel's uh world cup of hockey tweet if there's anything to compare it to um oh yeah i'm just sitting here on the couch feeling like there's something i should be doing tonight (laughs) my only question is as much as she's standing by her man which i appreciate anybody who stands up for their spouse or future spouse that's cool Mm -hmm. why is she that upset it's not like it's not her award I don't know. She's maybe she was just really ha- really looking forward to it and being excited for him and his great season. And, you know, I, 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 it's hard to get into the emotion there because we're not in it. I have no problem with her being upset. Uh, fair enough. Did you? I, I, I was also because Scherzer won in the National League. It was brought to my attention that a little while ago his wife. <laughs> sorry, did we cover this story? I can't remember. His wife threw his no hitter jersey. <laughs> In the garbage? Sorry. What? No, I don't know that you story. You didn't see the story. Okay, so Scherzer goes and he takes a picture and it's of his jersey in like the kitchen garbage with a white bag in there. And he he goes, my wife threw this in here because it's dirty. And he puts it in quotes. He goes, I had to tell her that's my no-hitter jersey from this year. <laughs> so then at some point That's amazing. Later, at some point later, he... He tweets, he goes, oh, I found some of these these purses. They were dirty, so I put them in the garbage. And he has a picture of the same garbage can with, like, three handbags in it. Oh, okay, I saw that tweet and I didn't get it. <laughs> That's what the references <laughs> do. It's like, yeah, we'll show, you, we'll show you how to throw out important things. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, everybody's on fire on the Twitter. Uh, so, just a, just a, speaking of the Twitter stuff, just quickly, in response to Kate Upton's thing, no, Syndergaard tweeted out, it's okay, Kate, I only got four votes. Total. Nobody likes me, crying face emoji. <laughs> he actually got seven votes, but still, it's funny. <laughs> Same deal. Not enough for a guy named Thor. Uh, but the Jays did not get ignored. Uh, or, or I mean, obviously, it, they're not, they're not going to win, but uh, Sanchez got some votes. So did Hap. Yeah, and, and some of them not from the Toronto writer. Yeah, Hap, Hap actually got put on six ballots, and Sanchez on four of them. Uh, who was the gentleman? Sorry, we were talking to Matt earlier, and he mentioned who had voted for um, 
Sanchez, Fred Goodall. And well, we have we have a, a a question about that, which and then the tweets that go with it. Oh, okay. So we'll just just the question the question was best Cy Young ballot or best Cy Young ballot. This is from Jordan Epstein, and it was Fred Goodall's Porcello, Kluber, Hap, Britton, and Sanchez. And I assume you're going to follow that up with Chris Archer's comments. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Archer said I've played in Tampa for three years and I do not know who Fred Goodall is or what he looks like (laughs) (laughs) so you're you're saying you're not happy with the vote Chris (laughs) it's just on and on it goes Uh, I honestly think Chris is that Archer's being serious that he doesn't know who that is (laughs) (laughs) is he is he a Tampa beat writer I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> Just some dude. This isn't like the Cy Young votes, by the way. These people should be current um, writers and such. <laughs> so uh, I think there's probably like two fan bases that are even remotely happy about the results of the two Cy Young votes. Everyone else seems a bit bent out of shape. <laughs> no, I mean, I think people are mostly accepting of the Scherzer one. <laughs> the Cubs fan base is the only one who's not. But uh, they, yeah, the Porcello one got some fun reaction. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, we'll, I'll throw this one out to Matt Gwynn. He also pointed out now that four out of the five Blue Jays rotation this season, um, obviously not including Mr. Dickey, who's won a Cy Young. Um, this would be five out of six. Yeah, we'd be five out of six. Um, have got Cy Young votes at some point in their career. And the lone the lone loser here is Marcus Stroman, who I'm sure if he read that is now going to just tear it up next season just to just to break that record and prove it wrong. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that anytime. Motivation. All right. Uh, moving on, I believe to uh, questions from the general public and yeah. or people who listen to the podcast. Sometimes both. K W Blankhorn at K W Blankhorn. I I'm, I don't think I've ever said blank horn in my life. Uh, is a platoon, you've said it three times in a row. <laughs> yeah. Is a platoon between Smoke and a right-handed bat a viable option? If so, where would Colabello fit in that role? Better or worse than Pierce? I'll let you take that, Josh. Uh, it's only viable to me if you fill the holes in the corner outfield as, as well. I, mean, I, I could accept a Pierce who is much, much better than Colabello and Smoke platoon if they have you know, Fowler in one corner and Matt Holiday in the other or something like that. Or it doesn't really matter. Someone good. But otherwise, no, I don't think Smoke should be getting any kind of regular playing time, especially on the strong side of the platoon, if the rest of the lineup is not filled. Justin Smoke is, at this point, like a, a mistake you're trying to paper over, right? That's mm-hmm. the way we pretty much view it out here. Because we're nice. Yeah, and as for Colabello, I, I don't think Colabello is going to play anymore. I think he's done. Yeah, unless unless a miracle happens in spring training, he did not exactly tear the the planet up in AAA either. No, he was terrible. Yeah. So, uh, and Colabello's miracle apparently was was of the negative kind originally. <laughs> so who knows what's going on with that? Um, yeah, Quinn actually asked about Colabello too. And Quinn's Quinn. question is not visible yes. to me for some reason. Oh, he said, what is Colabello's role next season? If he doesn't have any, then why is he still on the 40 men? Mm. Well, basically, it's because the guy's on the 40 men until you need the spot. Yeah. There's no harm in holding them there. 
And sometimes you don't have uh, 41 men you need to protect. Exactly. So he'll stay there until they need you know, to get rid of it if they sign people or adding people, which they actually have to do by Friday for to protect them from the Rule 5. Um, you know, if, if they need to fill the spots, I think he's going to be one of the first people off. Can't argue with you. Uh, again, because his career, as, as much as he was a feel-good story, he's, uh, he's not performing anymore the way he needs to perform to get back to the big. So we'll see what happens. And next question, Buff Tenderson at Senzel3000. Potential trades? State of the farm system? So we're going to go to the Magic 8-Ball for the answer to this question. And we ask the Magic 8-Ball, and the Magic 8-Ball says, Reply hazy, try again. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really hard to think of potential trades. You know, we hear about Jay Bruce, we hear about, you know, everybody else that's potentially available, like Adam Eaton, J.D. Martinez... Uh, Andrew people, Stoughton's been throwing out Melky Cabrera recently would actually be interesting. But People like Morosi on the radio and they ask, could the Jays get a position player for Marcus Stroman? Yeah. Well, yes, we're just not going to touch that one. Yeah, they, they could. could. <laughs> sure. <It's> not, <laughs> they won't. Um, yeah. But as for the farm, the farm system question we can answer, it actually apparently is pretty good. Uh, Baseball America's guys are saying, calling it a top 10 system. BP guys are, you know, they like it too. I mean, they have some talent at the D, at the upper levels now for the first time in a while and you've got alfred telez now guriel and then you've got guys like urania reed foley green all those guys are in double a or higher so you know they could all help at some point and then you know you've got vladimir Guerrero jr who is just wowing everybody apparently in his first season in pro ball yeah so it from that side and then if, if you listen to our podcast with um jesse goldberg strassler who gets to watch all of the the New Hampshire guys? Or, sorry, the um, lug nuts come through. Um, he's really high on the Blue Jays' ability to to find something and develop it on the pitching side. Which Jays have traded a lot of pitchers, and they still don't seem to be out of them. So uh, I think that's pretty cool too. So I don't think they're, uh, the Jays aren't in huge trouble. No, they do not have the Cubs farm system. Only the Cubs have the Cubs farm system. <laughs> Well, the Red Sox farm system is pretty good too. Yes, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's what you know. The last couple of years has been a down farm system because they had no talent in the upper minors. But all those guys in the lower minors, some of them have actually turned into decent players in the upper minors. That's just how it goes. You know, systems are pretty cyclical for most teams. I mean, teams like the Red Sox and the Dodgers and whoever who just throws so much money at it, you know, they can avoid that a little bit. But most teams can't. Sounds good. Does that uh, does that mean it's time for me to ask you if you have a final? No, thought? we had one more question. We had another question. What am yeah, I from you and Ross? You and says over under on smoke starts next year thirty five. So this is kind of a combination of all the Ooh, things that we've wow. been asked so far. <laughs> um, just starts. I'm gonna go over. I wish I could say under. I really do because I don't think Justin Smoke should be. Anything but a true backup. But, yeah, I think it's over. I think that the plan right now is for him to be the strong side of the platoon. And I say over if only because um, if he ends up somewhere floating around that he he's one of those guys where it's like, oh, wow, we've got this switch hitting guy who can sit on the bench for a little while and play first base and DH. And if somebody's hurt, it's Justin Smoke because you're already paying him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. Oh, worst contract ever. <laughs> <laughs> that, the, no hyperbole zone. Um. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> We've never One of the worst contracts decided. ever. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly the worst contract currently on the Blue Jays. I'll give you that. Yeah. All right. So do you have a final thought? I hate the offseason. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah. We got lucky. You know, we got a couple moves last week, although like we, we never really got on touch on this. The Morales one hasn't been officially announced yet. You mentioned that, but I think that part of the reason it hasn't is because they – I'm guessing that they're just – they don't want to do it until they know how they need to spread their money. They might need to backload the deal. You know, They might need to you know, front load it depending on how they're doing with other deals. But just all this uncertainty with, all the, with the two stars leaving, I just want it to be over. I just get the players right away and go play baseball again. You are pipe dreaming, my friend, but uh, but then we I, really I wouldn't have anything to talk about for the next three months. We gotta have I know, something. it's November 16th, and I'm already tapped out. There's <laughs> still three <laughs> months left. Uh, yeah. Um, it is It is often just too long between, between the last and the first game. Uh, fun stuff going on is the WPC qualifier. Um, Otani, who is both a pitcher and a hitter, for the Japanese team, if you are looking for a weird highlight, he hit a baseball entirely out of a domed stadium the other day. <laughs> so it's only a double. Yes, well, he didn't. He didn't hit it like beyond a fence. It just went. It was like a one foot gap in the roof, and somehow the ball found the gap. If only for his coach's reaction, you should go and watch uh, <laughs> his his nonplussed manager watch the ball just not ever come down, looking like. Did that really happen? Did I? Did it I? Was, see, it was really funny. So yeah, there's there's your fun uh, fun find of the week. Uh, Josh I think that should be worth a double home run. Yeah, you hit a ball you through go. the tiny hole in the roof. That's way harder than a regular home run. <laughs> you go twice. Yeah. Around. Oh man! So that means uh, that you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem, and I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead two zero one zero, and this has been. Episode number 37 of the Artificial Turf Wars, and we will see you... When will we see him? Uh, them. Before we the winter meetings. Before the winter meetings! Yay! Uh, <laughs> have a good one.